What up, what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales Podcast where we talk sports, business, and everything in between. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're at my boxing academy. In the ring today is myself again, by myself. I've been doing a lot of podcasts alone lately, but not for the COVID, not because of that. Honestly, I've been kind of feeling myself as far as talking. <laughs> Uh, but today is actually a very, very uh, special um, episode because it is my 30th birthday today, 9-21-2020. I turned 30 years old. And as you know, 2020, we can't do shit. And I was actually planning on doing something this year. I actually wanted to probably throw a party or something. You know, my dirty 30, I never celebrated my 21st big I never celebrated my 18th in a big way. So, I and those that know me, I'm not big of a partier or much of a going out person. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do something big for 30. That's what I said last year. And little did I know this whole COVID shit was going to pop off. So, those plans went out the window. And now you're here listening to me talk on my birthday instead on this podcast and what I'm going to talk about today is not only my birthday but I want to talk about my life from the day I was born to now and I kind of want to share with you guys in detail why I am the way I am how uh, I feel and the reason why I talk so damn much and share so many videos on on Instagram and why it's so important to me I um there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I have had a few people say comments and say things like, oh, he does this because of this, because of that. But the honest truth of why I do this and why I feel like it's so important to me is because I honestly love to share my story so that people that can relate to it and feel it or are in the same shoes, hopefully I spark that little flame they need or the extra push of uh, the extra motivation but that's why i like it but the biggest one is that's how we're gonna make a change and for real that's how i feel like that's really how we're gonna make a change obviously there's all these pros to it you know people will relate to me more people will probably come to the gym and train with me because of it people will support me whatever yes that's true. That's a big plus of it. That does happen. But that is not the reason why I am doing it. Like, I'm not focused on, okay, I need to make this video because uh, I'm going to have a new customer if I make this video. You know what I mean? I'm doing it, and it sincerely comes from the bottom of my heart. Like this video, like this podcast that I'm doing now. Something in me today kept telling me I need to do it. I need to do it. I was actually going to take a break from the podcast this week for my birthday. I just wanted to chill with my family. I wasn't going to post shit about it. And honestly, I've been busy as shit at the gym because, as you know, I'm actually short a trainer right now. And I will go into that later on uh, for, as far as that in my on my recap podcast. But I wasn't going to do any podcast this week. And something in my heart told me to do this. So here it is. Um, another reason, I, I need to mention this. A reason why I'm so open. And I think one thing that happened that changed me throughout the years 
is I'm actually very sentimental. Like if those that have be, been around me or heard me talk in person, especially with my family or friends, actually to anybody now, when you hear me talk and you hear me um, share my feelings, I'm actually a fucking crybaby. <laughs> like I've been hella sentimental lately, bro. Like I literally cry when I tell people things and I'm like, I get very emotional and I can't hold that shit in now. Um, and this is something, to be honest, is something that I've always been this way. But in the past, I was very, very, very fucking good at hiding it. Very good at hiding it. And now, I don't give a fuck. I let people, sh I show them everything. Like, I'm on videos, I talk, I say ums and buts, and I don't like sometimes how they come out or what I do or what I say, but it's from the heart. And when I talk to you and if I'm fucking crying, sharing you something from my heart, and I fucking happen to be crying by, I show it. And the reason why I wanted to share this story with you guys and tell you guys this is I want to tell you how this happened, how this change for me happened. I do these little trips uh, to Folsom Prison. I haven't done them lately, again, because of fucking COVID. But I do these trips to um, Folsom Prison uh, here in California. I do these trips to Folsom Prison with at-risk teens. And what the whole thing of it is, you take at-risk teens to Folsom Prison where they get to see prison. You literally walk in the yard. You're going through cells. You're, you're in prison for the day. And when you're there, you get to talk to all the inmates. Um, and there's a group of inmates that are, are allowed to be around us. You don't, you're not allowed to kick it with everybody. But the group of inmates that you're allowed to be around... They start sharing stories. They walk the yard with you. They eat lunch with you. You spend the whole day with them. And there's a group about, depends on the day, but on, on average about 30 inmates in this group, right? And last time I went, there was um, one inmate on there that when they share their story, they all go, they explain why they're there, why they're in prison, and what had happened to them, and so on, right? And this guy shares his story, and he says, he, he literally, as soon as he starts talking, dude just starts getting teary-eyed. He's not bawling yet. He's just teary-eyed. And he tells his story, blah, 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 what happened. And by the end of his story, this guy's full-on just bawling, bro, like crying his balls out, like just losing his shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And... um. And then he says this, and this is what changed me. Hearing this is what changed me, and this is why I'm so open now, and I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of this. He said, I feel my whole life I held back my emotion because I always felt like I, need, I needed to I needed to be a tough man. I needed to show that I'm tough, that I'm strong, that I'm this and that I'm that, and I always held my emotions. But I've been a crybaby my whole life. He's old, but now... I actually show it as before I didn't. He's on. It doesn't make you less of a man to be a crybaby or to show emotion or to show that you have a heart. It does not make you less of a man, less of a man. He's on. If you think so, test me because I'm in here for murder. <laughs> and dude was in there for murder. And when he said that shit, I was like, damn, that's real. And he said, you know, a lot of people are too worried about what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is thinking, whatever, whatever everyone else is, 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 you know, 
in their mind. They're not really thinking about them. Not really thinking about what's going on. Uh, what's going to be better for them or what's going to help somebody else. They won't share something just because they're afraid of there may be a consequence, regardless if it's a finance consequence or what I mean by finance consequence. You know, you got, I go to businesses uh, and great businesses. Everything's successful. I mean, the run, the way they're running their, their, their business, their service, the system, everything is on point. And the only thing stopping them from growing is they have to hire different, hire staff, hire more people. And in order to do that, for some businesses, you have to teach somebody how to do something that could be, could be a, a possible competitor in the future if they leave and now they're doing what you're doing. So all these things hold people back from sharing knowledge, from showing how they feel, from this and that, because they have that fear. And it's not always necessarily... Uh, finance, but they have that fear of what could happen if so and so sees what they're feeling or, or what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? And I know everyone's going through something, but people just hide it. So that is what made me change. That is what made me be so open with everything. That is what made me always talk, always share stories, always. Just I'm an open book. I share everything. And if I don't share anything, it's probably for respect for somebody else because it involves a third party or something. But if it has to do with me sincerely and only me, I share the fuck out of it because I have no shame in my game. And it does not make me less of a man because I'm a crybaby now. Because, <laughs> you know, I have that confidence in myself. I know I can fight. I know who I am as a person. I know who I am as a man. And I don't need to show that to anybody because I know it already. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, back to where I was going to talk about. I tr- I just thought I had to share that with you guys as far as why uh, I am the way I am. And as you know, today is my 30-30, my 30-30. And a lot of people actually trip out. They don't realize I'm actually 30 years old. Um, and, and, you know, this is real. I've had people when I was 24 tell me they thought I was older. When I was 17, they thought I was 24. I mean, I've always... Um, had people think I was a lot older than I am and now that I look at myself now I'm like fuck maybe it's probably because the way I look is I got a beard and I got this and got that fuck I need to take care of myself but this is something that's always happened when I was 17 and had a baby face people thought I was older and the reason behind that is obviously because I carry myself like I'm older Uh, I'm around I hang out with older people I've always have I've always had like an old soul um But I want to tell you and go into depth of my life story, of where I've been, where I have, all the things I've overcome. And I think, honestly, people have not really understood that I literally rose from the dirt. Like, we literally came from nothing. And what I mean nothing is nothing. Like, there's there's poor and then there's where we were. When you had uh, no running water at times or your electricity, lights weren't working because there was no money to pay that shit, uh, that's the kind of poor where I, we were at growing up. Uh, and so I kind of want to share everything that I've done and overcame and lived in my these 30 years of mine. And my story, as you guys know, started in Guadalajara, Jalisco, where I was born. Um, uh, my mom shortly after left 
came to, went back to Michoacan, where she's originally from, came, and then after that came to um, Sacramento. But the part that don't people don't hear in this story is, I'm going to, uh, often, I'm going to share with you guys today is actually how we crossed the border to get here. And hearing this story from my family and from my people that were actually there with me when this happened, because again, I was 11 months old. I don't remember this. This is what made me be so pride, prideful and so, you know, of my family and so proud of my, my history, my backing and my, my everything, because it was not easy to get here. When my mom decided to come to the U.S., because there was no future, there was no nothing, there was no anything for us, us meaning my sister and I, she knew if there was going to be any future for my kids that is positive. Because in Mexico, again, in Mexico, if you don't have money, you don't go to school. There's no public school or, or like good anything like that that you just sign up for sports or uh, anything just because you're a citizen there. Fuck no. That's what makes America so great. That's what people don't understand. Well, at least people that live here don't understand. Um, and that is what we understand. <laughs> That's why we came here. <laughs> so um, there's no future like that for us in Mexico. So we, my mother decided to come to the U.S. illegally. No anything undocumented came to the u.s um and we through the desert walked through the desert and again i'm 11 months old my sister's seven years old walked through the desert when she gets to the city after all that goes this is this is from hearing the story i mean this is a few days of walking through the desert no food um uh my family actually make jokes of how they toss me over my cousin caught me, blah, blah, blah. Like, no joke. They, they make jokes of this shit. They think it's funny. It is funny now, but fucker, think about it. You tossing an 11-month-old baby. What kind of fucking joke is that? Nah. <laughs> but uh, they tossed they, they, um, they toss me over here. They get here to San Diego, big city, right? They're trying to get on this bus to come to the U.S. I mean, to come to Sacramento now. They jump on this bus, and the Border Patrol actually jumps uh, pulls them over jumps in there and starts checking paperwork of everybody my family acts like they're asleep they're like oh shit let's act like we're asleep they're not gonna wake us up well when they walk in the bus they have our they see us we got we don't look like we've been there i mean we look obviously like we've been off-roading in the dirt and some shit we got dirt leaves in our hair border patrol wakes our asses up yo yo wake up and actually deports us we end up back in mexico um at the time luckily it's not like today where they take your kids and shit have you in cages uh luckily i was allowed to go with my mom um so that's why i feel so much for the people that in my day is actually wasn't as bad as now now it's like damn near it's horrible horrible um and to be real not that many people are coming now than before in the in the 90s and stuff it was a, a lot more people were coming uh it was easier prior 9-11 anyways i'm getting off subject we get we get to the uh san diego my mom actually was like man do i really want to do this again you know shit went through the desert this and that and fucking ended up right back here well 
she ended up doing it again. She was in TJ, and TJ is actually pretty goddamn far from where we're from. Michoacan, that's not around the corner. So that was a hell of a, a drive back home. She was like, fuck it, give it another try. Second try was a go, and we ended up in Sacramento. We lived in uh, Sayonara for the first four years of my life. Um, I believe five years, actually. And from there, we just moved apartment to apartment. I never actually had a home where I could say I grew up in this home. This is my this is my life home. Like, oh, I grew up in this house. You know, there's people that have sentimental uh, feelings for houses because they lived there their whole life. Well, shit, I have about 100 of those because I moved every eight months. Every time the lease was up and the rent went up, because usually when your lease is up, motherfuckers want more money. It was time to go. My mom was like, fuck, I can't afford $50 more shit. Let's go here. Let's go here. So I lived anywhere from Sayonara on Sunrise all the way through to Watt Avenue and East Street, which is actually called Freedom Park now, by McLennan Park, North Highlands. That is my hood. I grew up from there to Citrus Heights on Sunrise. Um, that is where I, I where we were constantly moving from there to the here to here to there. And my childhood growing up for me was very, I was the kid. No one wanted their kids to be around. Um, and I now realize how much of, um, I'm going to try to do this shit without starting crying here. I'm going to try to lay off uh, crying. Hopefully, and the good thing is you guys can't see me, but, <laughs> um, uh, my childhood, I didn't realize how much of a impact this did to me until now that I look back at it. But I can honestly say that all, living this stuff through my childhood really helped me really understand how important it was to be a great father and a great person to not every, not just only everybody, but to kids. Because this hurt me for a long time as a kid going to again it was my sister and i we were getting tossed around with my mom my mom worked three jobs so we were getting tossed around here to there or we were live with people um and we were just that family renting out a room you know what i mean uh, at somebody else's house and when and throughout this whole time i was around random families i mean not random but relatives and their families and how they raised their kids and how they were doing the best they could do to raise their kid and they didn't want their kid to be around my ass that had no discipline no super energetic super just active and i've i've heard comments growing up all the time from people telling uh, again family relatives telling their kids stay away from him i don't want you hanging out with him look at me dirty i even had one point and this one actually hurt me the uh there's a lot of scenarios but i'll share a couple with you one when we went to a relative's family party or something like that and just like not being able to hit the piñata because I wasn't a part of their thing or they're looking at me because looking at me weird or not really including me in their things not having um a a a uh 
haircut like the rest of the kids. I remember kids telling me, oh, fuck, kind of haircut is that kind of shit? Or fucking my hair's all beat, you know what I'm saying? Um, not having brand shoes, shit like that would always happen at like things, family, or even at school. And I'm talking about five, six, seven, eight years old, you know what I mean? And um, another one is, I remember one uh, very clearly is it was Halloween. Everyone had the dope-ass costumes, you know what I mean? Everyone had everything. My ass didn't have shit. Well, my costume was literally, no joke, fucking a skeleton um, bottom. And then I had a fucking gorilla face, like a gorilla mask that I just grabbed. And the reason why I had two different things is because we literally just grabbed some random shit that they had laying around and made it a costume for me. So I know as an adult, it sounds fucking retarded, right? Like, what the fuck is that? But all that shit, like, no joke, as a kid, it was kind of like, damn, um, I ain't really shit, you know what I mean? I'm I'm not shit compared to all these other kids that have something, you know. I'm not sh- I'm not I'm not I'm nothing like them. So, my whole, you know, my whole life was like that, you know, as far as my whole childhood was that. And then my sister and I disliking each other and beating the shit out of each other cuz she took care of me when she was she's 7 years older than me, so her being a teenager taking care of my annoying ass alone at home um like I tell everybody, the scars of my from my head are from her. You know what I mean? That was her beating my ass. Um, it was just, it was a battle growing up with all that. And then as I got older, matured into a teenager and all this, uh, even as a little kid, I always had high dreams of myself. It was weird. I don't know. It was weird. Like I had, obviously, I wasn't, I, I, I always knew I wasn't at the same level as far as I always I always felt like I wasn't shit compared to everybody else, meaning financially or just I, I, I knew I wasn't well off like everybody else. But regardless of that, I always, my, for some reason, my confidence never got messed up. Like I was always super confident in myself. I always felt like I was a shit. Even when I played soccer as a little kid, I felt like I was the best soccer player. Never was, but I made myself believe that. And as I got older and as I matured, um, I always felt, I always was in love with something. So then I fell in love with basketball and I always, my dream, my high hopes and dreams for myself is that I was going to play for the Kings one day and help them win a championship. As you see, I didn't, those plans didn't plan out. So the Kings haven't won a championship. They're still waiting on me. <laughs> so that was one of the dreams that I had. And my dreams kept changing and changing. And as I got older, I started realizing more and more as how far back I was held back because of my 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 upbringings, uh, not having a dad around, not having money, uh, being undocumented, and it really hurt me and made me really just accept the fact that I was a fuck up, pretty much. Not a fuck up, but just accept the fact that. I wasn't going to do anything with my life. Um, I pretty much told myself that, you know. Uh, The most I'm going to do is probably just fight and have a little nine-to-five job, work at the restaurant. Like, you know, these are the things I kind of, the life I was accepting myself because I knew I couldn't do anything else. 
that right there kind of just it filled me with frustration, anger, and um, and until I changed my mindset is when I everything started getting together. And, and you know, I play a big part as far as like I always tell everybody, just who I resol- uh, started hanging around with. When I started working at the gym at 16 years old, being around successful people started changing my mindset, started changing how I felt and who who I wanted to become. I no longer wanted to be, be this guy that just worked at two different jobs seven days a week. Now I started having hope again. And when I started having hope and my confidence level came back, I started seeing myself again as a successful person. Day in, day out, I saw myself as a successful person. And little by little, I started working more and more towards different things. As for at, at that age, I started working towards being a pro boxer. Um, and then from there, working on getting in the automotive world. Uh, and then I grew that into being where I was at as a service manager. Um, and then from there going into this gym that I have now and I was able to do all that because of my mindset you know what I mean um I'm not going into detail of how I already did all that because I feel like I already said these things on different various different podcasts so you listen to this and never heard any other podcast on mine and you want to know how the gym came about there's a podcast for that and how all these things came about there's a podcast for each one um so that's why I'm not going into detail about it. But what I do want to say is all these influ- all these influences changed my life. And this is why I am so eager to give back the same way because it changed my life when I changed my mindset. For a long time, I gave myself this this cop out to make myself feel okay with not doing shit with my life because... I would tell myself that I'm a victim. You know, I can't do this because of this. I'm not documented. I, I don't have this. I don't have that. I'm not educated. Whatever. I gave all myself all these lists of excuses of why I couldn't do something. But once my mindset changed because of the people that I was around, I started thinking like a winner again. My confidence came back and I started seeing myself successful. I started seeing myself what I was going to do with my life. And... I no longer was giving myself all these cop outs and, and that and, and I feel like that's what people do is, that, you know, they give themselves a list of all these reasons why they can't do something. You know, I did this. I can't do this because of this, this and this and this. But instead of thinking of all those things that is holding you back, think about how tight your story is going to be once you get to where you want to be and you start telling somebody all the shit you overcame. You know what I mean? And that's when it for real hit me. Like, that's that's what I started doing. Because, like I said, I always pictured myself being successful. I always pictured myself doing something. And as of right now, people may feel like I'm successful or I'm doing something or I'm somewhere. But my limits and my goals and my eyes and my vision when I close my eyes where I see myself is n- fucking a million times more than where I'm at now. That's the kind of vision that I have for myself. That's where I put myself. That's a pedestal I put myself. That's where I'm trying to where I hold myself accountable for. So now that you heard how I feel about myself and where oh I see myself, I want you to ask yourself where do you see yourself? 
what is the vision for you uh, as far as what do you want to be remembered as? What do you see yourself? How do you see yourself living? Your family, your kids, your grandkids. And honestly, that plays a big role. You can't expect high things for them if you don't set a standard f- from for yourself. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, there goes a little, just a little quick lowdown. I didn't go too detail with my adult life again because I said I'd, I made a lot of individual podcasts for each one. Um, but what I would like to have you guys do um, is share a story, one of your favorite stories with me um, on uh, by IG. You can send me a text message, whatever you guys want, uh, Insta story, post, whatever. But I would love to hear your favorite story with me uh, for my Dirty 30. That's what I would like. That would be a good present. Other than that, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys for listening. And like always, stay safe. Keep grinding. Keep hustling. And we out. Mm-hmm.